Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Christmas is a time to say I love you. We now return to Cordishi and Coy. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original. 1037-WEEI. All right, believe it or not, this might be my favorite Christmas song. Crank it up, Joe. See, now it gets into the beat right here. There you go. Mm. This one, it's kind of obscure. Not too many people know it. It's Billy Squire, Christmas is the time to say I love you. But I I guarantee you the guy that we have on the line right now might know it because, you know, Billy Squire is kind of his era as well. Former Friar legend and the author of the new book, Star with a Broken Heart, Ernie D. Ernie D. Gregorio is our guest this morning. Ernie, Scott, and Nick here. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it would help if I... You know, I, it would help? I, I, I was running the phones here, Joe. So, Joe, that's my bad. Uh, let me try that again. False start. Okay. Ernie, my, my bad. I forgot to pot you up. Ernie, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, you guys. Ernie, it, it, is, a, it is a pleasure, as always, to talk to you, to have you on the show. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll start with this. I mean, the, the response to this book, I think, has been so positive and uh, particularly Friar fans just just love hearing some of the old stories. Uh, just tell us about the, the response that, that you've seen from the book so far. It's been terrific. You know, uh, we've done about four different signings, three at the AMP uh, before the game and at halftime, and also at the Providence Bookstore where they sell the book. And uh, it's been really great. You know, the, the stories that I hear from you know, a lot of PC fans are unbelievable. They take me way back, and it's been a lot of fun. So the name of the book is Star with a Broken Heart, the untold story of Dave Gavitt, Marvin Barnes, and Ernie DiGregorio, their battles on and off the court. Ernie, um, you know, it, it, it starts with you talking about, you know, your desire to chase the dream of being a big-time player, going to Providence College, you know, growing up in, in North Providence, But I'm going to tell you what one of my biggest takeaways from the book was, and it was the impact that Dave Gavitt had on your life. And I say that, you know that I'm very close with Russ Tyler, who played here at Brown and actually played against you in college. Um, And I hear so many great stories from Russ about his former coach that he played for, Jerry Alamo, and, and I know what an impact that he had on Rusty's life, both on and off the court. And I feel like Dave Gavitt had that same type of impact on you correct? Yeah, no question. Uh, he was a very special man, and I was very close to him from the first day he recruited me when he watched me play up at Smith Street to uh, to the day he died. Uh, we, uh, 
shared so many uh, different experiences and uh, good and bad. And uh, that's basically a big part of the book. You're right, Scott. It's about, you know, you know, the, the tragedy of losing Dave and Marvin, but also the great times that we had together and the battles we had on and off the court. So uh, he was always special in my life. In fact, the irony of it is when I finished signing the book the other night, the last person in line just stared at me and he looked familiar. And it was Dave's grandson. It was uh, Danny's son, Andrew uh, Gavitt. And he looked at me and I said, let's get this guy a book. I asked him about his grandmother. I guess she just had a knee replacement. She usually goes to all the games. And he told me that uh, she told a million stories about me to him and, uh, so it's, it's still going on with uh, the Gavins. They're special people. They certainly are. That's awesome. You know, your friendship with Marvin, as you detail in the book, it ignored racial barriers. And, and you talked about, you know, the racial tension in Rhode Island, in our country during that time. But, you know, with you and Marvin, you you didn't see it in black and white, right? Um, you were brothers, and, and that was that. And... You know, I really admire, and he, I knew some of the story about Marvin Barnes and his life and his battles with addiction and things, but I didn't realize the extent of it until I read your book. And, and more importantly, I didn't realize, you know, how much of a great friend that you and Dave were to him beyond your days at Providence College and how much the two of you were there for him for his entire life trying to help him win that battle with addiction. Yeah, Marvin was special. Uh, he from the first day when I went to PC and coach called me in the office and he said, uh, there's this kid in South Providence who loves to play basketball as much as you do. I want you to go pick him up and take him to work out with the guys after, after school when we scrimmaged. And, uh, when I pulled up and picked him up from that day on, Marvin and I became really close and, uh, we both had the same goals in life, and our goals were to win basketball games at Providence College so we would get national TV exposure because in those days, they didn't have ESPN or the Big East, and you weren't on TV every single game. The only way you got to be on TV was to be a real good team and win, and, and then you'd get the exposure. And we both had that goal of playing professionally, getting picked in the first round, and signing big contracts. So uh, every day, you know, we worked together to accomplish that goal, and uh, we just bonded. In fact, my wife was telling stories to my sister last night. She came over for me to sign a book, how Marvin used to love to come over to the house and eat, you know, with the family and hug yep. everybody, and he was always so happy when he was with us. And uh, I felt the same thing when I was with his mother, Lula, who was just a special, great lady who I loved dearly. Ernie, I, I, I want your opinion on this. Were, were it not for, you know, Marvin's personal demons and his battle with addiction and you and your knee injury, I mean, who knows what type of pro careers both of you could have had? Is it, is it fair to say that? Like if, if he never had the addiction issues and if you never had that injury, do you, I mean, I, you two could have been great NBA players, had long and great NBA careers. No, I agree. You know, those that's the roll of the dice. You never know what's going to happen in that's life, wild, right? Yeah. One day you wake up and you're alive. The yeah. next day you don't wake up. So yeah. uh, 
those are the breaks. But you know, Marvin had his demons, and you know, there's, the the uh, drugs definitely deteriorated his physical strength and and his game. And when I hurt my knee, you know, right before that, I had my best game my second year against the Celtics. I had like 33 points and 14 from 18 from the field and uh, nine assists. And then I went home and played against Chicago. The Bulls and had 25, so I felt I was going to have an all-star year. And then we went out to Golden State, and I just made a little pass, and I turned, and I felt a little pinch. My knee swelled up, and the rest is history. So I agree with that that statement, Scott. You know, uh, we both would have been great NBA players and had long careers. You know, so many great stories. And you, you mentioned, obviously, Coach Gavitt calling you to the office, Ernie, and just saying, like, hey, you know, I want you to take this – you know, play with this kid and, you know, take him in and, and you, know, you know, bond with him. So, you know, keep him, keep him going here. But is there any other story in this book that you're, like, really excited about that you really wanted to share that you were like, I, I think this is going to jump off the pages here? Oh, I think the, the one when Marvin invites us to go to prison to play with the uh, <laughs> prisoners is a, is, a, is a great story. Yeah, you, yeah. Had, you had a good time. Kevin Stakem didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny because as soon as we got in the prison yard, you know, where the court and basketball court was, the first words out of Marvin's mouth was, uh, I got Ernie D, you can have Stakem. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Kevin didn't feel comfortable at all with those those other guys because he was, he was missing and they wanted him to pass the ball more. So it got kind of, you know, contentious at the end, but... Uh, in the end, that that was a story that stuck out and made me laugh. Um, I like the other story where uh, Dave and I used to go up to uh, the Catskills and go to the basketball camp, you know, uh, every uh, summer. Him and I would drive up. And one summer, I remember staying up all night practicing, you know, by myself. And he thought I was crazy, but he loved it. And, and that's how much, you know, I wanted to be a pro. I would play, you know five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day because I loved it. And uh, he was just a great, great person and a great coach. And he always told me, he said, when I die, I want to be remembered as a basketball coach first. And he, I think I really showed in the book, you know, his mindset, how he thought. And uh, he was so much fun to play for because – he never yelled, and he would uh, always encourage, and he was so smart, and he could make decisions on the fly if, you know, they were scoring us on us and we were playing man-to-man. He'd switch to his own, and he'd have all kinds of, you know, strategies that he'd use, and he was just a great man but also a terrific coach. Ernie, what was the name of the restaurant, too, that you alluded to in the book that you went to and said, you know, and it was on the house because you played for Providence College, and then all of a sudden the president of PC gets the tab or Dave got the tab. He's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, he got more than one tab, I'll tell you. I used to go to this restaurant, the Chalet Restaurant, which was a really great restaurant. I mean, uh, they used to have filet mignons, prime ribs, you know, expensive bottles of wine, Caesar salad. So one day Kevin Stakem um, came in and the first day he actually came to PC and we went right over to St. Pius and played one-on-one for a couple of hours. 
And then we're, when we were done, I said, you want to go out to dinner tonight? And he said, I'd love to, but I'm a little short on cash. I said, don't worry, it's on me. So I took him to the restaurant, and we went out, and we ate, and we drank, and we had a party, we had cigars, and we lived it up, and the bill came, and uh, it was like maybe $180 or something like that in 1973, and I yeah. signed Ernie D. PCAA, Providence College Athletics Association. So Kevin turned to me, and he said, can you do that? And I said, I just did. <laughs> and so the ne- the next day, we go to PC, and we get called to the athletics director's office, Vin Cuddy, and he's standing at a door with a stack of bills, like, like piled oh high. Goodness. And he got us in the room, and he chewed us out. Now, Kevin was really scared because he just came to the school. Yeah. He wanted to get thrown out yeah. after a, the first couple of days. And he said, Mr. Cuddy, it'll never happen again. And I said, Mr. Cuddy, look at the guy. The guy's skin and bones. He's got to eat. And Gavin <laughs> said to me, shut up. <laughs> and, <laughs> And that was that's how we had the relationship we had. Oh. We had a great relationship. Every player on that team from one to twelve still talks to each other to this day. And uh, Dave was special. He, he that's why on the cover of the book, if you noticed, I got Dave Gavin's way. That's awesome. it, it was his way. There's no question about yeah. it. You know. Providence College basketball was special before you and Marvin and Dave arrived on the scene. We know the success it had under Joe Mullaney. But, you know, your Final Four team and the opening of the Providence Civic Center, it just seemed to take the program to new heights. And a level where I think in the eyes of fans here in Rhode Island where it has been ever since. I moved here in 1994, Ernie, and I've always said – you know, Billy Reynolds used to say Providence is a sports suburb of Boston when it comes to pro sports. But I've always said the Friars are the pro team in the state of Rhode Island. Like, they are the team that, that, that fans in Rhode Island care about the most. And I feel like you and Marvin and Dave had a lot to do with that, with that Final Four team that you played on. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I followed Providence College since I was 10 years old. First clock on TV. You know, and the great Jimmy Walker, Mike Ridd, and Lenny Wilkins, Vinnie Ernst, you know, playing in the NIT. I remember when they won the NIT and they came back on a bus, people were lined up from the uh, Connecticut state line all the way in. That's how powerful Providence College basketball was. And and you're right. When, when they built the new Civic Center and, um, you know, Dave and Marvin and I, you know, had that magical year. I think we just took it to another level, you know, where we got that national exposure that it needed. But as far as talent before, and Mulaney was unbelievable as a coach, they were special then. I just think we took it where now you're watching it on television and now everybody's talking about it. And uh, we we had a special team and a special run. And uh, those two guys were special people in my life. That's why I named the book A Star with a Broken Heart. Because when I lost those people, I lost, you know, my basketball family. And it will never be the same because they were so special. Yep. And it, it's weird how I came up with the title of the book, you know. You know, I was writing and writing and writing. And then I would drive to Buffalo to do an autograph show by myself. And a lot of times, because it's such a long ride, like 450 miles, you know, you talk to yourself, you do anything to stay awake. 
And I just started singing, and I started singing. I said, a star with a broken heart, and a star with a broken heart. And then I said, geez, that's it. And I got on the phone, and I called my daughter, who was a graduate of PC and an English major, and she loved it. And my best friend is the founder of TJ Maxx. I called him, oh. and he said he loved it, and that was it. That was the title of the book. You I know, love it. You, you know, your, your your love for the city of Buffalo, too, you, you allude to that in the book. And I'm one of those guys, I, I share that with you. I know Buffalo may not be the, the nicest or prettiest city, and the weather is rough in the winter, but I love the people and fans of Buffalo. I, I went to Syracuse, Ernie, as you might know, and I spent four years in upstate New York, and I went to Buffalo many times to go see the Bruins play the Sabres or the Patriots play the Bills, and I just went to random Buffalo Bills games, and I, I just fell in love with their, their fans, their blue-collar, hard-working people that love their sports franchises, and I that's kind of me. That's, that's who I am, and, and so I've, I always liked Buffalo for that reason. And me too, the exact same reason, and I'll tell you a quick story. I go back to uh, Olean, where St. Bonaventure is, to do an autograph show. I check in the hotel, and this is like 40, 45 years later when when I played, yeah. and the lady at the desk actually recognized me and knew who I was. Wow. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Yeah, so That's it's amazing how they love their athletes and they were so good to me. I have so many friends in Buffalo, and I go back 10 times a year, you know, just to go see my friends and, uh, you know, do different events. I do some stuff with the uh, Buffalo Bills, retired players, golf tournament, and uh, just just great people, and they love their sports. You're right. Ironic that the uh, the Friars getting into the Sweet 16 a couple of years ago, the, the first and yeah. second round was in Buffalo. Yeah. Ironic. Go figure. Um Ernie, I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about the the current Friars team, and and reason I wanted to ask is uh, Kim English told us a story. First of all, he has nothing but praise for for you, Ernie, and and seems like he really you know leans on your your wisdom and experience with the program. But he told the story of how obviously that famous clip is out there of your behind the back forward pass. And yeah. Kim Kim told us that you visited practice one day and the yeah. current guys actually tried to to do that. Can can you tell us about that experience and what it was like watching the kids try to to make the pass forward cuz it ain't easy looking at it on video. Yeah, he, he, Kim English has been great to me. You know, I go to a lot of practices and one day they had this big screen, you know, where they uh, had right where the benches yeah, And he called me over, and he had that behind-the-back pass I threw to Kevin in the Final Four at St. Louis against Memphis State, you know, playing it over and over. And, you know, he, he introduced me to the kids. The kids knew who I was. Yeah, And then he said, I want you to come out here and simulate that pass and see if you could do it. <laughs> oh. And they had them come out and try to do it. It was funny. And some of them <laughs> threw some pretty good passes, but... I said to him, you got to do it with uh, 19,000 people on national TV in the Final Four and then tell me you can do it. So he got a big kick out of it. Uh, did it did I'm anybody, impressed with their team. Yeah, I was going to say, did anybody come close? I mean, I, I can see, like, Devin Carter coming close, just how athletic and skilled he is. Yeah, you know, they, they can throw it, but yeah. I threw that thing past half court, so that's a, that's a good whip, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> you got to really put something on it and then to get it 
to the guy in stride. You know, it's unique. And the funny thing is that might have been, you know, one of the best passes in games I've ever thrown. You know, I one thing about Gavin, he used to let me be myself. And he would never say to me, you know, none of that fancy stuff because he knew that was part of my game. You know, I, I dribbled the ball 10 hours a day, so I didn't have to look down at it. So if I, I could see the floor. And if I seen someone cut, I would just throw it. I think even Kevin Stakem to this day says, you know, he didn't think that that pass was going to get through because there were so many arms and so many people. It went right by their head. So uh, that was a special play. One That's of awesome. the greatest passes you've ever thrown. I'd argue it's one of the greatest passes in the history ever. of the sport ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Ernie, you've been at the I'll amp- tell you, my, Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah, my buddy Bob Cousy, you know, the, the great Bob Cousy, oh. I, he coached me in that Russian series, you know, yep. when we played six games against the Russians my senior year. And he told me one of the nicest compliments. He said, Ernie D, in, in all his years, there were three people he knew who could, before they got the ball, knew where the next pass was going to go. And, of course, one of them was him, right, or else he would have said it. Yep. And the other one was me. I want to see if you guys can guess the third one. I'll, I know who it was. Go ahead. He wore number 33 for the Boston Celtics, oh, Larry Bird. Goodness. Yep, you got it. Larry Bird was the third guy. Wow. So that, that's pretty good company, right? No, I, I, that's great company. Ernie, you've been at the Amp, uh, you know, uh, selling the book and signing the book. You've been, as you mentioned, at the Providence College Bookstore as well. Will you be at the Amp today for the Butler game? Yeah, I will be there. And you, awesome. will you be, be selling books? No, not today. We're not, we, we had to give the guy a day off because it's near Christmas. The guy who helps me process oh. the books, you know, with the uh, gotcha. credit cards. Yeah. So he's, he's going to be with his family. But we're going to stop back up. Uh, when they, not the, uh, I, the the next game after that is I think Seton Hall. Then they go on the road a little bit. And then they come back like the end of January. We're going to start with the Xavier game and pick it up again. So nice. it'll be it'll be pretty soon. All right. So if if people want to pick it up between now and Christmas as a stocking stuffer, where can they get it? Right. All they have to do is Google the Providence College Bookstore, and right there the app comes right up and it gives them an opportunity to have it personalized by me. All they do is send in an email to the bookstore. They give them the address and what they want it, and I sign it. I go in every single day, and, and they ship them out the next day. People get them the next day. It's It's been great. It's They've done a great job, Bonds & Noble, over there at the uh, Providence College Bookstore for me. That's terrific. Ernie, great job of the book. It was really, it was a page turner. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I just, I rifled through it. I have a lot of friends, Russ Tyler, who I mentioned earlier, who you mentioned in the book at Dave Gavitt's funeral, who said, sorry for your loss. Um, but he, he read it as well and loved it. Uh, great job with it. And, and, and thank you for joining us on the show this morning. Really appreciate it. Oh, I enjoyed it. And give Russ my best. I haven't seen him. I've seen his daughter. She got in line and purchase the book. And uh, I thank you guys so much for having me on. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Same to you, my friend. Ernie, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Ernie DiGregorio, or Ernie D, as they called him in his days as a Providence Friar. And in the NBA, he still goes by Ernie D today. The author of the book, Star with a Broken Heart, uh, you can pick it up, as Ernie mentioned, at the Providence College Bookstore. You can go online, Google the Providence College Bookstore, and you can request a personalized copy from Ernie. Uh, really, really good. And it just, again, it shows the close friendship and relationships that he had with his head coach, Dave Cavett, with his teammate, Marvin Barnes, and really all that he did for them and they did for each other. So um, great, great book, and I, I really enjoy reading I, it. I just, he, he talked about how, you know, the bond on the team, you know, 1 through 12, however many, you know, players are on a roster in any team, anywhere. It just, you know, anybody can relate to, you know, the, the close relationship that you have when you, you're on a team like that, and it's uh, – you know, in particular, a team like that that accomplished so much that is is legendary to this day. Um, yeah, that's it's it's awesome that he was able to share all these stories with us. Yep, and a lot of people believe if Barnes doesn't get hurt, that oh. they have a good shot at winning the national championship. Unbelievable! Yeah, I know. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to go right back to your phone calls at 401-777-1037. You're listening to Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original 1037 WEEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 